Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, I want to be the first to wish you a happy family day. Oh, thank you. In Ontario. Thank you. We're family. Yeah. And so uh, we decided what better way to spend family day than uh, podcasting together. Absolutely. It's uh, a big week. Not only is it a holiday week, not only here in Ontario, but in most parts of the country today is a holiday as we record this on a Monday night. But Scott, on Friday, Vic Router is going to go into the booth, he's going to spin around, he's going to take his glasses off, and he's going to emerge as super broadcaster. It's been almost a year. We missed the Women's World Championship. We missed the Men's World Championship. We missed the Canada Cup. We missed the Continental Cup. We have missed four Vic Router events. But Scott, on Friday night at 8.30 Eastern Time, Vic Router is back on the air calling curling. Nothing better, Sean. Nothing better. And and in the interim, uh, hopefully he's had time for his uh, hips to heal. Uh, yeah. You know, his, his knees... All parts of Vic, his voice, it's going to be that buttery smooth uh, for this first event of the year. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I'm so excited just for the dulcet tones of Vic Router on Friday night. It is going to be great. The game, TSN hasn't confirmed this, but I'm calling it. The game will be Carrie Anderson against Mackenzie Zacharias. It's going to be fun, and I'm so excited to have Curling back. A month ago, I didn't think this was going to happen. Hell, two weeks ago, I'm not sure I was convinced that it was going to happen. But the decals are down on the ice. The ice is being made. It's not quite ready for the players. Practice starts on Thursday. It really, the the teams, some of them are already there. Others are in transit as we speak. It's happening, Scott. They've seemed to, at this point at least, have been able to pull off the logistics of it and the organization of it. Now it's just a case of can we get through the next two months? Yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible, right? I think when it was announced, we were all rightly uh, skeptical and mm-hmm. thought, oh boy, I don't know. Is this really going to work? Is it not? Who knows? And uh, like you say, we're on the precipice. So as long as we don't have you know, somebody get sick between now and the start of the event or uh, you know, during the event, uh, looks like we might, uh, yeah, we might pull this off. Yeah, and once teams are in, they're in. And for four of the teams, which we'll talk about, they're going to be there for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, but it, it'll be, it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, everyone gets there safely. All the testing is done once everyone arrives, and uh, nobody catches anything en route to Calgary, and we can have a great event. That uh, you know, and if everyone goes in healthy even without like a flu bug or a cold bug or anything like that, maybe we might have a healthier Scotties than we have normally. Yeah. Yeah. Normally. I mean, we've seen this many times, you know, a flu bug go through the field, everybody's shaking hands, you know, doing events uh, with, with the crowd, with the media. Uh, We'll talk a bit about that more as, as we get into it, but uh, yeah, this is the chance to be the 
I would I would venture to guess the only perfectly healthy Scotties. Yeah, so we are certainly yeah, certainly rooting for that. And uh, so we're going to go through the field. We'll talk about every team, all 18 teams that are heading to Calgary for this event. Uh, talk about who we think can win, who we don't think can win, uh, what we expect out of the two pools. So let's get right into the 2021 Scotties Tournament of Hearts, an event that three months ago didn't look like it was going to happen. But here we are for the second time ever. It will be a full uh, parity between men's and women's on the pay scale. First place is worth $100,000. Second place worth $60,000. Third place, $40,000. Those teams that make it to the championship pool get $15,000. Those who don't make it to the championship pool get $2,500 for their efforts. So Scott, this actually, we talked about it last week a little bit that if you are in a situation where you're the fourth qualifier out of your pool, you don't really have a chance of making the playoffs, but let's say there's a tiebreaker to get into the championship pool. Essentially, it's a twelve and a half thousand dollar cash game that you're playing. Yeah, no, uh, no small potatoes uh, for no. that game for sure. Um, and so, like we've seen, it's it's important for these players to want to, you know, make it into that championship pool, uh, not only for the pride, uh, but for the money, and. This year, I would say more than ever, that money is going to be very important for these teams that are upending their lives yep. uh, more so than usual to attend this curling bubble and uh, try try to like make it worth their while, I'll say. Yeah, a- absolutely. So the way it works, the format, if you are unfamiliar, two pools. This year, there will be nine teams in each pool. You play a round robin in your pool, so that is eight games top four from each pool move on to the championship pool where you cross over so in the championship pool you will play the four teams from the opposing pool that you have not played in round robin that gets you four more games that gets you to a total of 12 out of those eight teams in the championship pool top three will go forward team in first place straight to the final the other two teams will play in a semi-final tiebreakers of course if necessary so a little different from what we've seen in the past with the page playoff system only the top three getting in that has some serious effects as we look at the draw and look at the teams in there so uh, between the two pools scott just broad strokes did you notice at all one pool being stronger than the other honestly no i i didn't really think i mean no I, I don't see one pool being stronger than the other. I think there's five teams in each pool that could make the championship pool. Okay. And, uh, you know, for four spots, I think there's five in both. But uh, obviously, Sean, you did. See yeah, I, I think if stronger. this was a if this was like on the schoolyard that pool A would try to steal pool B's lunch money. You think? Yeah, and like shove it in a locker. I think pool A. Is and we'll talk about how many teams we think we can win. I think Pool A is is definitely the stronger pool, certainly at the top end uh, of the teams who are serious threats to win. I think so. Um, you know, I, I do think that Pool A has a, a strength advantage over Pool B, but they are certainly at the back end, the middle of it. They are pretty even. It'll be fun to watch some of those games between those teams that are fighting for the championship pool spots to get that extra twelve and a half thousand dollars. Uh, but yeah, I think Pool A does have uh, some strength. So we'll talk about the pools and uh, who we think we can go through. But just a couple other little fun tidbits, or at least I think they're fun, 
for this event, Scott. We have 27 women making their debut at the national championship this week. Now, part of that is that you have two teams that are in their entirety making their debut at the Scotties, but 27, uh, that's a pretty high number for Scotties. We do tend to see a lot of returnees at these events. So this is great. Uh, All the debuts, that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and this is also a product of having, you know, two extra teams in the field um, that has allowed for... uh, a lot of these players to be making their debuts as well uh, that we're going to see with the wildcard two and wildcard three teams. But yeah, always fun to see new faces on our TVs, new names, you know, to go into our curling Rolodexes to think about, uh, you know, the future of curling. We're going to see a lot of young, of young players. We're going to see some new players who are on the older side as well. So uh, lots to, lot, lots to see at this event. I think, uh, uh, we're sort of witnessing the changing of the guard uh, in a sense with yeah. uh, a lot of the younger teams moving up. We're seeing some of the older teams, you know, maybe this is getting towards the end. This this quadrennial uh, might be the last one together. But, uh, you know, we've, we've also got some household names and blasts from the past that will be uh, be at this field, too. So something for everybody, I'd say. Yeah. So speaking of blast from the past, Scott, what do you think the average age of the oldest team in the field is? And do you think you could guess the oldest team in the field? Well, Sean, I do know the oldest team in the field because I looked it up. Okay. So the oldest team is UConn, Laura Eby. Her team is the oldest one in the field at 50. Youngest team in the field. I assume you know this too, Scott, that it is unsurprisingly, I think you would have guessed this if you hadn't looked it up. Mackenzie Zacharias and her team, the youngest in the field, wildcard to 20.5 years of age. So just to make Team Yukon feel old, if Mackenzie Zacharias's average team age doubled, then Team Yukon would still be 10 years old. (laughs) Team Yukon would still be able to babysit them. <laughs> uh, average age of all participants in the field is 32. So as you say, Scott, a bit of a shift in the 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 overall age, the average age of teams in the field. I think it does tend to skew just a hair older than that in normal years. And in terms of records, Scott, there are a couple records to watch. Uh, We'll talk about them a little bit as we go. One record in particular that I am going to guarantee gets broken over the next week. Yes. Jennifer Jones is two wins behind Colleen Jones for the all-time record of Scotty's victories. Uh, She has 150 wins at the Scotty's. Colleen Jones currently has the record at 152. I do not think that Jennifer Jones is going to go two and six in pool play. I think she'll go at least three and five and get to 153 wins and be the all-time record holder for Scotty's win. Scott, do you uh, second my guarantee? Sean's bold predictions brought to you by... uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I think it would be a huge surprise if she didn't reach that milestone this week. Yeah, it would be a, a stunner. Uh, it, it would have to be like she gets a positive test on her way to Calgary or something, which of course we don't hope for. That's no right. If no. she passes yeah. her, if she passes the test, she gets in. She's going to win three games. Yeah, yeah. 
So, Scott, out of the 18 teams in the field, how many do you think can win the 2021 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts? Well, well, Sean, this year is a little bit different, as we'll talk about as we go along, right? Because there's not going to be the usual trappings that go along with a, a national championship. Uh, you're not going to have your Q&A in the patch with Stu. Uh, you're God. not going to have your autograph sessions. Uh, you're not going to have uh, the media, uh, you know, uh, the, the media commitments that you might have at other events. So, like, then there's teams that you say, well, it's their first time there. They can't win because they've never done it. They've never had a week of those kind of commitments. It's a long week. Even with just the pool play, it's a long, it's going to be a long week, right? It's going to be Friday to Thursday of pool play. So, you know, usually you would discount those younger teams. And you know what, Sean? I'm still going to discount them. I think there's five (laughs) teams that can win this event. Okay, five. I have four. So I I assume we have the same top four of uh, Canada, Manitoba, Ontario, wildcard one. Yeah. So who's your fifth? Who else do you think fifth, can win? So my fifth was Alberta. I think okay. uh, I think Alberta could win, but uh, but they are f- solidly fifth out of that list. Yeah. So I, I've broken it down. So I have the the four as I mentioned: Canada, Manitoba, and Ontario. Wildcard one as teams that I think can win, and then I have this other category of teams that maybe because of the circumstances could mm-hmm. threaten potentially. And in that category, I put Alberta. Wildcard 2, BC, and PEI as teams that it's a weird year. No one's really played that much. They could be a threat, particularly if you look at maybe Suzanne Burt, who has been able to play. Uh, She had a provincial championship. She's been able to play, get some games in. So maybe this is a year where something fun like that happens. But overall, I think if if you're looking at the field, and we've seen this over the past few years on the women's side in Canada, and I think around... Uh, the world is not quite as it's not quite the same situation. Like internationally, I think the men's field is pretty top heavy, whereas in Canada it's a little more wide open. On the women's side, it's the opposite. I think the global field is pretty wide open, but in Canada it gets pretty top heavy. So I think when we get to the Briar in a few weeks, we'll see more teams that we say quote unquote could win versus what we see on the women's side, where it, it does have to be there. There is this concentration at the top of the women's game in Canada. Absolutely. And and looking at uh, the, the pools and the teams, as you say, the ones that are the contenders really stand out. And I do think there are, like I said, some teams that could maybe come up and challenge, but uh, I, I don't really expect it. So uh, let's go through the teams uh, and and see like why they could win and what will stop them from winning all right let's uh let's do it let's start with pool a because pool a has your defending scotty's champion the only scotty's champion to not win a game at a world championship <laughs> yeah of course over. they didn't get the yeah they didn't get the chance to play but they're also <laughs> undefeated at a world championship so exactly you know, they got that going for them uh so it is of course carrie anerson and her team that are coming in as the defending champions, of course, last year beating Rachel Homan in the final. Uh, in the extra end, Carrie Anderson makes the draw to the button 
to win that game. That team last year, Scott, really just ran through the field. Only had two losses last year. A game to New Brunswick in which they gave up the six, or was it a seven? Two was a Andrew seven. Crawford. Yeah, yeah. The, the weird game, giving up the big end there. And then they lost to Jennifer Jones in the championship pool. And of course, the narrative around Carrie Anderson for a long time was that Jennifer Jones would just beat up on Carrie Anderson. And mm-hmm. Jennifer Jones' record uh, is very, very good against Carrie Anderson. But if you isolate the last couple seasons, Carrie Anderson had started to shift it a little bit. And uh, she comes out and beats Jennifer Jones in the playoffs last year. So here we have the situation. This team, we saw them when they first formed in the fall of 2018, really just come out hot, just taking the curling world by storm. Nobody anywhere ever could sustain that level of play, but they've had a couple good showings at the Scotties, obviously having won last year. I think expectations are going to be high for this team because Carrie Anderson has really evolved as a player Similar to what we've seen other players who come in who are primarily hit players who can throw the the high hard one. Carrie Anderson has started to really master the soft stuff, the draws. Uh, this is a team that uh, obviously you have to take very seriously and a team that I would be surprised if we don't see them in the playoffs. Well, for sure, for sure. and And so we'll talk about this a little more as we go, but... I think talent is going to be sort of the deciding factor at this year's Scotties where uh, you could say, oh, Scott, that's dumb. Uh, it's always talent. But <laughs> but uh, the teams that play a lot more tend to have an advantage over teams that play less but might be more talented. I'd say the exception would be uh, Krista McCarville, uh, who, who we love on this podcast. But uh, this year with, you know, well, all of these teams having pretty much no curling, you know, a few, maybe a bond spiel or two here and there. I think this is where talent is what's going to be the real separator in this field. And Team Anderson has as much talent as anybody uh, in the field. Uh, one interesting note that Shannon Burchard is looking for her third Scotty's title in three appearances. Uh, never lost, Sean. Shannon Burchard has never lost the Scotties. When she Impressive. goes, she picks up rings. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, something to look for there. Uh, but, but obviously, this team will be near the top of the heap at the at the end of the week. Should everything go according to plan? Yeah, well, hundred percent. I think when you look at what they're going to be uh, pushing for uh, for for this team, it's yeah, I think it's a win or bust almost for them, and that's how good they are. And it's one of those things that. They're at that level now, so it'll be fun to see how mm-hmm. they respond as Team Canada. We haven't, of course, seen them as Team Canada, as I mentioned. And uh, another fun thing here is that Heather Nedowin is going to be their coach this year. So this is a situation where we'll talk about some of the coaches. There are some fun coaches in yes. this field, and uh, there's a few who I want to, you know, we love hearing the players. It's great to hear the players. Let's have a coach mic'd up game, Ooh. and uh, I want one of those games to be Heather Nedowin. Just leave it on. Just let let it ride. Yeah. What would the like, what would the over under on ship balls be? Uh, <laughs> well, it depends if she knows that it's live the whole time or not. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Um, so, and if you, and when we look at their schedule too, it's a little hard at the start. Uh, mentioned that opener against Mackenzie Zacharias. Then they get Kerry Galusha in the second game on Saturday afternoon. And then Beth Peterson, wildcard three on Sunday morning. So it's not the easiest schedule for them opening up, I don't think, uh, in in this field compared to what you could have. But their two hardest games are at the end of that initial pool play. So Alberta in draw 15 on Wednesday night and then Thursday with Ontario and Rachel Holman. So if you can say go two and one through those first three, then you have a chance against Jill Brothers and uh, UConn to build that up. So if you can get into those final two games where you're five and one, then you're in really good shape. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll look to see them come the weekend for sure. Yeah, so let's move down to the next ranked team in this field. It is Ontario and Rachel Homan making it back to the Scotties once again. Kind of remarkable how often they've been there, given how young this team is. Um, they pretty much have been Team Ontario for a decade now, uh, with a couple of exceptions, of course. And what's remarkable to think about with uh, Rachel Homan is that, Scott, she has played in the final of the last three Scotties she has made it to. And uh, the only time in the last four years where she did not play in a Scotties final is because she was at the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty remarkable, right? Uh, sort of quietly becoming the new the new Jennifer Jones of curling, you know, being there all the time. Uh, yeah. That said, they haven't they've only won one of those last three yeah. uh, finals they've been in. So, you know, uh, the, losing the last two years uh, on the last shot, basically, uh, to to Chelsea Carey and Carrie Anderson. Uh, this team made a shakeup in the off season looking for, you know, maybe some of that, some of that edge, you know, some of that, uh, desire to come back. Uh, so, you know, we, we've seen Rachel Holman replace a player before in 2014, 15 season. So they added Joanne Courtney and notably the team played pretty poorly that year. Uh, they didn't win any Grand Slams, uh, lost the final, the Canada Cup, uh, went 7-4 at the Scotties, and lost in the playoffs in the 3-4 game. So with adding a new player in Sarah Wilkes to play second this year, Joanne Courtney's also going to move down and play lead, uh, yeah. which we haven't seen her play in, in ever, I don't think. Correct. So my fear with this team is that, you know, they haven't had the time to you know, feel out how the lineup's going to play to get to know everybody's role on the team. They're professional players and will have had lots of meetings about it, but until you're, you know, out on the ice and and doing it, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. Now, Sean, he added, like, what what do you think about that point? First of all? No, I I think you're right. It it is tough to come together. I think one of the things that happened back when Joe and Courtney joined the team and that they really struggled with was the release and Joanne Courtney mm-hmm. learning how this team throws because there is a very distinct way that they like to throw the rotation that they want. And it took her a while to learn it and she has learned it. Uh, but I think there's a bit of a consensus amongst observers in the curling world 
that of the four throwers, that Joe and Courtney would be the fourth ranked of those. Best sweeper, probably in the world, or arguably in the world, I would say in Canada for sure, arguably in the world, that she has so much value, but in putting her into that lead spot does provide some leeway potentially for her as a thrower. Um, yeah, yeah. It's The shots are a little more consistent, right? So th- they are important. Uh, we yeah. all know how important the lead stones are, especially late in a game, but uh, they're more consistent and you can... Like you've played lead for a long time. You you know what you're throwing. It's a lot easier to step in the hack and throw it. Yeah, I don't even need to skip most of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go. Exactly. So then, Sean, the other wrinkle for Team Holman uh, is, of course, that Rachel is expecting. Yes. And due in April. Um, so, you know, just a couple months away. Uh, how that will affect her play, who knows, right? Uh, we've seen her curl while pregnant before, but not, not, not this, this far along, I'll say. Yeah. yeah, this pregnant is sort of weird because like you're pregnant or not, but uh, but this far along uh, for sure. So that's sort of the other wild card for Team Holman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what do you think about that? It, it'll be interesting to to see how it plays out. I don't think it's as big of a deal, if if that's a way to say it as if it was a front-end player. But I'll say, I'll admit this on the show, Scott, I've never been pregnant. Um, Whoa, breaking news. I know. Uh, so I don't, I, and I don't know. And, uh, you know, the, Sportsnet did a great study or a great article on this last year, and it was about after pregnancy, post-pregnancy for athletes and their return to play and how for each woman it's different on what your uh, what the pace of your return to play is and how long it takes you to feel comfortable again uh, mm-hmm. and, and recover some of the strength that uh, you, you can lose in a pregnancy. And uh, sort of the offshoot of that that I took away from in addition to everything in there is that certainly every pregnancy is going to be different as well. And how each woman responds to their pregnancy is, is going to change and probably even pregnancy to pregnancy. So it, it's really a case where we don't know how Rachel Holman is feeling and what the preparation has been. But if there's one thing that I know about Rachel Holman and I know about team Holman is that if she felt that she was compromised in any way that she wouldn't play. Yep. Yep. So that's uh, that's very true. So if she's out there, uh, she feels comfortable not only physically, but also uh, with the state of her game and that uh, the pregnancy is not going to interfere with her play at all. And Rachel Holman is not only is is she a great player who's been around for a long time, if you look at what her background is, her educational background, as, be, as someone who's involved in training and physical therapy, that kind of work that she's done, you know, she obviously knows her body better than anybody else. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I have any idea. And I'm just going to say, if she's out there, she's out there as a 100% player, and I would not want to play against her. That's uh, that's very fair for you to say that you don't want to play against her. And of course, like us, uh, two dudes don't need to uh, explain pregnancy to anybody. Uh, there's there's people much more qualified than us. So uh, that those are my question marks for this team, Sean. Uh, that said, one of the top teams in the world. 
yep. bringing uh, Danielle Inglis along as their fifth, We, which we talked about last week. Uh, it'll be fun to have her on the bench. And the biggest part, Sean, the coach. Yeah. Randy Furby. Randy Furby. Yeah. He is going to be on the bench. So when Team Ontario plays Team Canada, just don't even even worry about the players, TSN. Just a Furby Netowin running commentary on the bench. If Dave's there in the building, if he's somehow in the bubble, give him a mic too. Why not? But uh, a Heather Netowin, Randy Furby just running commentary, that would be... Ooh, give Vic the give Vic the afternoon off. It'd be great. Yes, I have uh, just followed Randy Furby uh, on Twitter at retired curler. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know what his uh, his job is, Scott? Is listed uh, occupation. Uh, retired has been curler. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is a representative for Everest Funeral Concierge Services. Oh, that's in the uh, media guide. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's wow. Right. Huh. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine Randy Furby uh, comforting you in your no, I your can't. time of need? Uh, no, I, think, I, can't. I, I really can't. It. I think he'd be good. Maybe. I mean, he'd be good at telling your your spouse to go uh, or your wife to go in one room and your girlfriend to go in a, in a different room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've seen that episode of the Loser series about mm-hmm. uh, the Pat Ryan teams that Randy Furby was on. But yeah, he... he has a lot of stories and uh and certainly he and heather netowin would go way back uh with dave netowin being on the furby teams of course so they would have some stories to tell i'm sure oh yeah it would be great so the next team is the de facto host this year i i suppose although the host team doesn't matter as much with no fans in the stands it is laura walker team alberta laura walker this will be her first event back since giving birth last year to her son, along with husband Jeff Walker, welcomed their first child this year. So exciting time in the Crocker Walker household. So she is returning to play. But as we mentioned last week, there is a change on this team. Nadine Scotland is expecting her first child. So she has opted out of the bubble, which gives us Rochelle Brown as the lead for Team Alberta. But of course, Rochelle Brown does not come alone. So Dana Ferguson is going to be the alternate on this team. So that'll be a lot of fun to have Rochelle Brown, Dana Ferguson back in the bubble. The rest of the team is the same. Always great when Kate Cameron is an event, uh, in an mm-hmm. event. One of the players who, when she gets going, can carry a team on her own. Uh, she's kind of like Mark Nichols in that way at the third position. When If they're hot, you're not going to beat that team on that day. And a team last year, Scott, struggled a bit at the first time out of Scotty's as the skip. Started to play a little better as the week went on. So this is where when you talk that this is a team that you think could win, I think they're in that maybe category. I'm not quite sure. But we have seen teams come back for a second time at these events, really understanding what it's all about and going on a deep run. So it's certainly possible with this team. So what do you expect? So, yeah, what I'm expecting is, uh, like you said, for Kate Cameron to be the difference for this team, uh, of course, how Laura Walker is going to respond to playing after uh, giving birth, you know, you see our previous comments on we don't know what that's all about, but uh, that's going to be a factor for sure. But if Kate Cameron shows up and plays the way she played in the 2017 Scotties, 
uh, as team Manitoba, like they have the skills to go. And when I said earlier about the, the skill versus, you know, the teams that play a lot, I think, I think this team is one of the teams that has the skills to be able to put it all together. Will they do yeah. it? Maybe not, but I, I really like their chances. Uh, so you've, you've got that pedigree of Kate Cameron and I really like Rochelle Brown and Dana Ferguson coming in with their championship pedigree, uh, sort of giving some experience to that team, uh, that, that earned a little bit last year, but still looking for a, a little bit more. I think that'll be a real advantage and I, I really like their chances this week. Yeah. So, and let me just sort of correct what I said last week, uh, or earlier about this team. Uh, so they struggled late in the week. They got off to a great start. Mm-hmm. They were three and zero last year and then yeah. lost the their next four. Sorry, I had that backwards. Uh, so they go three and four, don't make it into that championship pool. And the struggles that they had later in the week is as the competition got harder. So they went right. three and zero against Nunavut, Quebec, New Brunswick, and then they lose to Saskatchewan, Canada, Northern Ontario, and Manitoba. So you saw as their schedule changed, so did their fortunes, but they had some tight games. Uh, lost to Canada by two seven five. That's how they lost to Saskatchewan. Same score. One point game to Krista McCarvel and Northern Ontario. So it, 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 it's a situation where they can play with all these teams, and they've had an opportunity to, if not necessarily play together, be around each other through mm-hmm. this time. So uh, the more you can, especially with Kate Cameron, who is, was new to the team last year, the four players coming together working together for the first time, just having the chance to spend time together, learn the communication, the other person's cues when they're frustrated, just knowing people better can help in addition to the second time through playing together. So uh, yeah. I, I I do think that they should be a shoo-in for the championship pool. This, Scott, I think of all the teams in the field, is the team that gets hurt the most without a page playoff. I think mm-hmm. if we had a page playoff, they would be threatening for that 3-4 game um, if things sort of go the way we would expect them to not having that, I think they're the ones who hurt the most. Yeah, that's, that's fair to say. I think, you know, looking at last year's field uh, compared to this year's field, I think the Northern Ontario team, you know, is, is weaker without Krista McCarville there. And I think that, uh, Saskatchewan, you know, Sherry Anderson shows up and, and wins, but I, I think yeah. arguably they're a bit weaker as is Nova Scotia, who we'll get to. So I think those are the three spots that uh, Walker would be looking to leap over uh, those teams to make it into the championship pool. Yeah, for yeah, I, I agree. And like I said, I'd be stunned if they don't make it into that pool. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I think we can. I think we're both on the same page that uh, those three teams: Canada, Alberta, Ontario. We would expect into the championship pool. I would expect, yeah. So that means. That for what our expectations are, there's one spot left. And Scott, there are six teams left in this pool. So let's go to the next ranked team. Your defending world junior champion, Mackenzie Zacharias, making her debut at the Scotties. Last year, ran through the field at the Canadian Juniors, a perfect 11-0 record at that event. Winning the world championship, did it loses a couple of games in that event, but we can excuse that because they're world champions. Exactly. Uh, so they come through. They will be here at the Scotties for the first time as wildcard two. Scott, here's what I'll say uh, about this team. I think they'll win a Scotties or, or Mackenzie Zacharias, probably not in this 
this lineup of the team, just given the way teams change. But I, I think Mackenzie Zacharias will win a Scotty's at some point in her career. I don't think it's 2021, though. I, I agree. I agree. I, and, you know, I mean, I, we're, we're here to make bold predictions. I think she might uh, win a lot of Scotty's, Sean, uh, if she okay. sticks with curling. Uh, really great player. Uh, you saw her poise, you know, there at the world championships last year, Carly Burgess moved to Manitoba for her last year of junior eligibility to play with Mackenzie Zacharias. And she was a big part of the success that this team had, uh, a former Canadian junior curling champion in her own right out of Nova Scotia, uh, 2018 and 2016, uh, with Mary Fay, I believe. So really great, uh, curling pedigree here in the back end. Uh, you know, and, and this team's played together. The The front end are, is 19 and 20. So, like, they still have junior eligibility uh, if they want to play. Emily Zacharias plays second, uh, uh, the the sister of Mackenzie. So, y- you know, the, the, the momentum of keeping the team together is great. I think this will be yep. amazing learning experience. I think, like I said earlier, if this was a regular Scotty's event with fans and all that, it might be a little overwhelming. You know, the, the bright lights, yeah. big stage might be overwhelming, but you know, the way that it's set up, it's not super different. I don't think it's going to be super different from, you know, a Canadian juniors event where, you know, there's, there's usually fans, but not that many, uh, right. de- depending where, where it is. So, you know, that, that could be to their advantage and given that they've played together before and it, that they really have no expectations from people on the outside. I'm sure the majority of Canadian curling fans won't be expecting anything from them. You know, they could catch lightning in a bottle and, you know, come out the gates, be 4-0, and and us be thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe this yeah. team uh, could could make some noise in the championship pool. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, 4-0 and might be a little tough, given that their first game right. is against a team against... Uh, uh, team Canada. Then they get on Saturday afternoon, they get Laura Walker. So a tough draw out of the gate mm-hmm. for Mackenzie Zacharias. And then you get Yukon Northwest Territories back to back. So if you can come out of there three and one, I think you're in great shape. Two and two, I think you'll be fine uh, as well as we move forward through the pool. And just to clean up, Scott, what you said about Carly Burgess, uh, did win a gold medal with Mary Fay back in 2016. And a gold medal in 2018 at the Canadian and World Juniors with Caitlin Jones. Ah, uh, right. Uh, the the other Nova Scotia cur- junior curling world champion. Yes. So she is a three time Canadian and World Junior champion with with um, three different skips. That's pretty crazy. Three different skips. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, has moved to Winnipeg from Truro. Uh, Nova Scotia, but I mean, she's listed as a Dow student living in Winnipeg. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a 2021 20, sort of thing. So Sean, what do you think? Winnipeg upgrade from Truro or no? <laughs> <laughs> not if you're going to Dow. It's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, love, it, I love Truro. Uh, yeah. Nova Scotia is great. Uh, Nova Scotia. Yeah. Love Nova Scotia. And one of the things that I love out of the, uh, the media guide all the time, Scott, she's 22 years old, born in 1998. How many years curled? Twenty uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't go full gunner. Honest, okay. uh, 20, 20, 20 years curled. 
Wow. Uh, for Carly Burgess. Yeah. Been, been uh, at it. Yeah. And, and uh, she also won a gold medal uh, with Mary Faye at the Youth Olympics back in 2016. Wow. So uh, went undefeated at that event. So she has a, a very strong pedigree, of course, as does Mackenzie Zacharias as the gold medalist at the World Juniors last year. So th- this team, yeah, certainly poised to make a statement this week. So we'll see if they can get that fourth spot in the championship pool. The other team that I think they'll probably be competing with is a team that we haven't really seen at the national level. Uh, no Canada Cups, I uh, believe first Scotty's appearance, Scott, for Beth Peterson coming in as wildcard team number three. They were the biggest Suzanne Burt fans west of my apartment during the PEI provincial playdowns and maybe even east of my apartment uh, <laughs> during those playdowns because if Suzanne Burt had lost the PEI provincials, this spot would have gone to team Burt, but course suzanne burt wins so beth peterson makes her appearance at the scotties as wild card team number three what do you expect from this squad which is not only wild card team number three but also manitoba team number five yeah yeah i i guess we can talk about the uniforms there at the end but uh so so they are the wild card team and as you mentioned the fifth manitoba team this is insane uh I, their team doesn't have any Scotty's experience at the back end uh, with Beth Peterson and Jenna Loader. Uh, but Jenna Loader does have experience, you know, at, at other national events. I believe the Canada, Canada Cup, Cup she played in. Yeah. Uh, and a, a, and a pre-trials too. Yeah, pre, the 2013 pre-trials with Barb Spencer and the Canada Cup with uh, Kathy O back in 2012. Yeah, and one... A, a gold medal at the juniors with playing with Caitlin Laws, uh, yeah. 2009, 2008. So, uh, some experience uh, there at national levels. Brittany Tran is playing lead. Uh, she played in the Northwest Territories for a year with Carrie Galusha and uh, was at the Scotties two years ago in Sydney, uh, also as a women's worlds or a, a junior women's worlds, uh, playing with Jocelyn Peterman in 2012. So, you know, a pretty good uh, pedigree there. The thing is they're, you know, they're, they're pretty new at the Scotties. The same things go for what we talked about for wildcard two, you know, uh, will they be able to catch lightning in a bottle? Maybe. Uh, Maybe the, the, the big thing I think about this team that I've heard, you know, the, the chatter uh, and the longest resume of anybody on their team is their alternate. Kathy yeah. O. Yeah. Yeah. The only tragedy is that man, Team Manitoba is in the other pool. <laughs> the only well, tragedy here. You know, you know, we've got to root for them to make that championship pool then, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I put uh, seven yeah, exclamation yeah. points after Kathy O in my notes. <laughs> we love Kathy O. It's just, yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to have Kathy O there at, yeah, the Kathy O will be somebody who can guide this team through the process. But as we've seen time and time again, that experience, you can't really replicate it this in any other way. You just have to go through it. And, you know, the juniors is a bit of a, an approximation of it in, in a way. Uh, some tour events that are on TV can 
kind of replicate that the grand slams a little bit, but it is different when you're out there from all accounts, you know, the hearts as the pin, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, Vic is up there. <laughs> I know I talk about Vic a lot, but Vic's there. Um, and, uh, so it, it does play a little differently and you could say, well, you know, this team didn't get to, to junior championships because these other teams were in their way. Well, those other teams are here playing right. them now too. So it does, uh, it does kind of hurt the way we might think of them as, as a threat. I, I do think though, as you look at the pool, that certainly a four and four record is, is I think well within reach and you win one more game, you get to five and three, you're probably going to get into it. That'll get you at least a tie break if not into that championship pool. So it'll be fun to see. It's always great to see new teams there. Uh, And hopefully this team takes advantage of this opportunity that the eight team team field has presented. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's what you can hope for. Uh, And I think uh, team Peterson at this point is probably playing with house money. So, you know, if you go in free and easy and you're looking ready to knock off whoever, you don't really care. Yeah, we we can see something uh, special happen. Yeah, the the th- threat or the the fear that I would have for them. Their first game is against UConn, and that's a game that you'd hate to trip up on. Yeah. And you know that first game in this environment that that can kind of be troublesome with the ice, all that kind of stuff. You don't want to lose that. Their next two are against Ontario and Canada, and if you can use those as learning the ice, learning the environment, great. Uh, and if you come out of that one and two, then just take care of your business the rest of the way. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see, but, uh, I'm not betting on them to make it to the championship pool. All right. Well, Scott, is that because you're betting on the next team, Northwest Territories, Kerry Galusha, therefore approximately the 483rd time at the Scotties, uh, love Carrie Galusha being there. Uh, I, I, it's so much fun to have her in the field and, uh, same lineup, I believe as last year, uh, with Joanne Rizzo there, Shona Barber is there as well. So some familiar faces on the Northwest territories squad. Scott, any expectations for Carrie Galusha this year? Sean, I, I do have expectations for, uh, Carrie Galusha this year. So their, their lineup is different, uh, than it was last year. Uh, Sarah Colton is not going to play at this event. Uh, I, I really tried to find out why, and I'm not, I wasn't able to find out why, but uh, I, I believe it's a, a travel thing. So okay. Shona Barber has come out of retirement. She announced her retirement uh, after the Scotties last year uh, and will come back to play lead. Uh, they also added Margot Fleming, a player out of Ontario, uh, who's studying satellite observations for snow monitoring uh, up in the Northwest Territories for the University of Waterloo. So they've added her to her team. She's a colleague for you or with you. Yeah, she could, she could be. Uh, It's, it's been pretty interesting stuff. Uh, So, so she'll be playing second and Joanne Rizzo will be playing third and uh, Carrie Galusha will be back to playing skip this time. Of course, last year uh, we saw her throw third rocks at the Scotties. Uh, she was dealing with an injury at the time. So by all accounts, she's 100% healthy this year, uh, you know, ready to go out and make some shots the way that Carrie Galusha does. Uh, Sean, well, this will come back to my point about skill. Uh, no one more skilled at throwing than 
than Kerry Galusha on the women's side. So, uh, and, and on the men's side for that matter. So uh, I'm really excited to see what she can do at hundred percent strength uh, with a pretty strong lineup behind her. Uh, and, and I do expect them to be challenging for that championship pool. And I may have picked them. You're going to have to okay. tune in for the rest of the episode. All right. Uh, very interesting uh, to get them as a, as a pick. Uh, they open up against Northern Ontario on Friday night. I kind of think there's an advantage to the eight teams that are going to start on Friday night. You get just that extra spreading out of the games. And uh, so mm-hmm. I, I do think there's a bit of an advantage there. Yeah, you get to play that one game day, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, so good stuff there, Scott. Let's move on then, and I'll just to confirm uh, that it is Caragalusha's fourteenth appearance at a Scottish, yes. just so that nobody yells at me. Um, so let's move on to Jill Brothers team, Nova Scotia. This is Jill Brothers' fifth appearance at the Scotties. She was there last in 2019 out in Sydney. Went two and five as the skip also there 2016 2014 and 2007 and scott this is a, an interesting makeup on this team you have aaron carmendy as the third she was there a couple of years ago but maybe most famously she was throwing fourth back in 2010 on that pei team that was skipped by kathy o'work that had that great run to the finals that we talked about a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and another familiar face at lead emma logan who, of course, played last year with Marianne Arsenault, who is her aunt. And Emma has a hearing aid that she wears, and the team has a communication device that they can use. Really cool story of how they were able to manage the communication with Emma last year. So it'll be nice to see her back in the field uh, in, in this event. And Jennifer Bryan makes out the rest of the, the, rest of the team there at second. And uh, if we talk about fifths and coaches, Scott, another famed coach here. The great Kim Kelly is going to be on the bench for Team Nova Scotia and Jill Brothers this year. So uh, this should be a fun team. I, I've always enjoyed watching Jill Brothers play. Never really a, a team that has threatened to win the event, but a team that will give you a, a good game. Yeah, uh, yeah, a really talented player, uh, Jill Brothers. Uh, she was, you know, she was having some you know, discussions or, or thoughts, like trying to think about whether or not to go, you know, uh, she was offered the spot, took a little bit of time to discuss, you know, it's not, it's not an easy snap decision for, for every player. Uh, did eventually decide, yes, we're going to accept this berth and we're going to go. Uh, I, I think, yeah, middle of the pack, if they happen to catch like something like Aaron Carmody's run back in 2010, you know, uh, they'll be a real fun team to watch. And, and have the talent to be able to do something special. That said, I, I'm not going to bet on it uh, in in this pool in this field. Uh, but you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I, I wouldn't expect it. And so, and Sean Kim Kelly is going to be their fifth player, and their coach uh, is Daryl Nolan from New Brunswick, who has been the guest host on uh, Two Girls in a Game podcast yes. uh, the last few weeks. So. Uh, if you want to hear some of his thoughts on the bubble, go and uh, listen to their show. Yeah, and uh, they open up on Friday night against Team Alberta. So maybe you can get Laura Walker struggling with the ice as they learn uh, that first draw. Always really interesting. So yeah, uh, see if they can get the trip up there and then they get UConn. So maybe we're in a situation that 
we look up and oh my goodness, Joel Brothers is two and zero playing Kerry Galusha on Sunday morning. Um, maybe Kerry Galusha has a good record at that point too. Who knows? Things could go crazy. Yeah, um, that's the TV game then. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Uh, so next up, Northern Ontario. This is Krista Burns taking the spot after the great Krista McCarvel and her team declined the invite from the Northern Ontario Curling Association. Scott, not a lot can be said positively about the last year, but in an effort to try as best as I can to be optimistic, to look at the good side of things in a terrible, terrible year, at the very least, we were not subjected to the Northern Ontario live stream for their provincial playdowns. <laughs> Gee, Sean, I thought you were going to say like at least the team wasn't hurt in their uh, airplane accident that uh, took place on their way home from the Scotties last year. But uh, yeah, sure. Not having to watch <laughs> the terrible quality playdowns is uh, <laughs> also a good thing. Yeah. So, uh, so Krista Burns is going to skip this team. Not a lot of experience, a couple of appearances at the juniors. She also won though, Scott, the 2017 U sports championship, skipping the dearly departed Laurentian university. A very sad story. If you've been reading about what's going on with Laurentian university, but, uh, she does have that experience there. Uh, pretty young team, Megan Smith at third. Uh, Sarah Guy at second and uh, Amanda Gates, the most experienced player on this team. We've seen her with Tracy Flurry in the past and Tracy Horgan as well. So Scott, uh, I, I don't know what you would expect out of this team. Uh, they did bring in Kira Brunton, who was in the juniors last year skipping. She's been at the juniors a couple times, uh, won the under 18 championship back in 2017. So you have some junior experience and some success at the junior level spread throughout this team. But first time here, I don't really know what to make of them. This is a team I think that I would put with Beth Peterson, that a team that maybe they could go on a run in this pool. And maybe we look up on Wednesday afternoon and they're the feature game threatening for a spot. I mean, Sean, that's a, a nice pipe dream, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. This uh, is one of the one of four teams in the field that's not ranked on the uh, uh, world curling rankings right now. Uh, three-time Canadian junior participant, as you said, for uh, the entire team, except for Amanda Gates. And yeah, that's uh, most of what I can say. Kira Brunton uh, played with Lauren Mann this year, moved down uh, to moved down to Ontario uh, from yeah. Northern Ontario to uh, participate in that team. Probably the uh, most interesting player uh, on this team. So yeah, I, I'm not uh, expecting much. Hopefully we'll get them, you know, in a lot of updates. I don't think we'll <laughs> see them on TV. Uh, no, I, I agree that we probably will not see them on TV. The, only potential spot that I can see looking at their schedule would be against Canada Sunday night, depending on how their first two games go. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's hard to find a TV game for them. Oh, Sean, you're going to get Laura Walker and Rachel Holman that night. Yes, you probably are. <laughs> uh, that, I think that is a 
Correct. So let's move on. Final team to talk about in Pool A. The team from Yukon, the elder states folk of this particular field. It is Laura Eby and her squad who are going to come down representing the Yukon out of the White Horse Curling Club. Not a team with a lot of experience. Uh, Laura's been there a couple times, a couple appearances at the uh, Scotties. Uh, combined record of two and 10. I believe both of those wins came over Nunavut in the field. Uh, and the team is composed of folks not with a lot of experience sort of start to finish in this uh, in this field. So Scott, I think we're looking at a team that if they can win a game, that's a win for them. Well, yeah. obviously it's a win because they won a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. And so Sean, she's not been to the Scotties. It's the Curling Club Championship. Oh yes, excuse me. My apologies. So this, this whole team uh, participated in the, in the club championships, uh, the national club championships uh, twice. Uh, so if, for me, what I think of when I look at this team is like, this is uh, an amazing experience and a, a great dream. I'm sure yeah. for all of these players, uh, soak it in, uh, enjoy yourself. Um, it's too bad that it's not a, a regular Scotty's where you'd get the chance to, you know, go and have uh, drinks in the patch and interact with the fans and all that stuff. Uh, but, you know, enjoy it and uh, represent as best you can. Yeah, just go have a fun time. And, you know, remember we played against uh, David St. Louis and his team before they went to their first briar, and they said their goal was to get to a 10th end. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that was the proper attitude for that team. And, you know, if these women have that type of an attitude that they're just going to go try to have a great time, It'll be a lot of fun. And if, Scott, I couldn't find a TV game for North Northern Ontario, I definitely can't find a TV game for this team. <laughs> no, you know, may, maybe, you know, they're challenging in an extra end when all the games are done uh, other than that yeah. and they get on. That, that would be cool, right? That would be pretty fun. Yeah. And we saw it last year with Lori Eddy, who we'll talk about, of course, that maybe it's you shift over. Maybe you look up and it's the sixth end and she's playing Rachel Holman. And oh my God, the score is four to three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and how did that happen? So, uh, so it'll be, it'll be fun to sort of keep tabs on this team. So that's pool A. Let's head on over to pool number B and the the nine teams that are over there. Scott, let's start with team Tracy Flurry, the highest ranked team in pool B. Of course, Tracy Flurry opting out of the, bubble which means chelsea carey is going to skip wildcard team number one or manitoba team number one i guess they're the highest ranked manitoba team there i think uh or maybe it's carrie anderson uh, but either way it's one or one a and uh, scott this team's really really good and chelsea carey is really really good all she does is win games at scotty's even though last year she went five and six Overall, 47 and 17 as a skip at the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. The fear that we, that for me at least, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago is just the communication and learning the releases and the paths that uh, these teams, uh, the, the players on the team, 
how they throw the communication patterns, making sure that everyone's on the same page. It's a quick turnaround to try to learn all that. But the three players at the front end and Chelsea Carey, all of them uh, individually are great players. So certainly a team that I would expect to see in the championship pool. And when we get to the second Saturday, a team that should still be in contention for a playoff spot. Yeah, Sean. Uh, so here's here's a stat for you. Chelsea Carey has won two Scotties, both times with new teams, 2016, yes. 2019. First year playing with a new team. I don't see any reason why she can't do it again. Uh, uh, we've talked about this team uh, for Tracy Fleury and how Selena Nigovin playing third is a real key to their team. Uh, if yes. she's making shots and feeling it, her confidence has often like uh, gone over to Tracy Flurry and sort of helped her with her shots. I don't think Tr- Chelsea Carey needs any help with her confidence. She's very confident. Yeah. Uh, but she should be. <clears throat> Why not? And, and she should be. But if this team is able to uh, a- able to sort of support her and put her in a position where she has to make, you know, makeable shots, uh, it, they they have a, a chance to win the whole thing, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a question of can they put it together. And it, it's different playing a season with the team in a lead-up to a Scotties as opposed to just yep. five weeks ago or whatever it was, mm-hmm. saying, hey, can you come in and play? It's a little different. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, all the teams are in the position of we haven't really played a lot. So... I I I could really uh, I could really see this, and then I could see, you know, uh, curling Canada thinking, "Oh boy, Uh-oh. are we? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on?" But uh, yeah, I I this team will be challenging uh, for the whole thing, not just a, a playoff spot in my mind. Yeah, yeah, you do raise an interesting point. This isn't like a Shannon Burchard coming on with Jennifer Jones in 2018 mm-hmm. type situation where. Yeah, Caitlin Laws comes back, and yeah, she's going to play third at the World Championship. A little different, potentially, when you're talking about the skip. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, just ask Nina Roth. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, definitely one of the top teams. And, and yeah, even though I have some reservations, not even reservations, I'm really curious to see how they work together as a, as a foursome. I, I think that is the story of this event. Like the, For me, it's the most interesting thing to watch as we get into this event and uh, what will happen with, with this team, I think it's a great ad. They have Sherry Madaw there as the coach, yeah. really good ad, a lot of experience, a uh, very you know, level headed, has seen everything. So she'll be great for the communication side of things. And I mean, if you look at the schedule kind of breaks, I think really well for them that, uh, but who knows they get Nunavut in the first game on Saturday morning. Now, you would normally say, well, Nunavut may be a bit of a layup, but Nunavut and Laurietti challenged folks last year. Mm-hmm. So that game might actually be more interesting than you would normally think when you just say, oh, like one of the best teams in the world against Team Nunavut. So just keep your eyes on that and uh, just to see how Chelsea Carey comes out of the gate. It won't be the TV game, but I think it's the, the game potentially to watch on Saturday morning. Yeah, one of the ones you and I, for sure, are, are most interested yeah. in uh, that morning to see yeah, do they come out and just dominate? Uh, do they pick up the ice really well? Uh, you know, what are all these things that that Chelsea Carey is really good at 
is she yeah. able to execute those things? And I think that will, you know, uh, tell us what we're going to expect for the rest of the week. Yes. So let's move on then to the actual team Manitoba. <laughs> We've gone through four Manitoba teams and now we're finally at team Manitoba mm-hmm. in this field. The one, the only, the great Jennifer Jones, the soon to be all time Scotty's win leader with a bit of a different lineup this year. Caitlin Law is still there. The newly engaged Jocelyn Peterman will be there, but Don McEwen will not be there. She has opted out. She is expecting uh, a child along with husband Mike. So congratulations to them. And Scott, a familiar face coming in, Lisa Weagle. It was announced last year that it, this would be a five-person team, but given Don opting out of the bubble this year, can't think of anybody better to have on your squad to come in and play in that lead position. So this is a team where over the past couple of years, we've wondered what's been going on with Jennifer Jones. She had struggled a little bit, missed the playoffs uh, a couple of years ago at the Scotties, but then last year came out, lost her first game to Rachel Holman, and then didn't lose again until the final game of the championship pool, I believe. So mm-hmm. it's, no. you know, she's still got it. It's still yeah. in there. Yeah, it, it's Jennifer Jones. I I don't know what more we need to say. Uh, like, <laughs> like Lisa Weagle is not a downgrade from Don McEwen. No. Uh, you know, that maybe knowing each other a little better, maybe is it, but Jennifer's watched Lisa throw enough. They've played each other enough times. Uh, They got uh, Renora Westcott as their alternate. uh, Will be, you know, good on the bench there. Victor Shell, the coach, of course, uh, will still be there. And yeah, I I mean, it's Jennifer Jones. Jennifer Jones going to Jennifer Jones. Uh, She'll be there over the weekend. Yeah, I fully agree with that sentiment. And uh, I do look forward to when they play Jennifer Jones. And that will be a TV game, I'm sure. That she is Jennifer Jones. Or excuse me, when they play Rachel Holman. Ah, there we go. Uh, Team Ontario in the crossover. Uh, That will be a great TV. Yeah, I'm not planning anything for uh, that weekend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So let's move on to maybe the one of the more interesting teams in the field coming out of British Columbia Scott this is your account the teams out of the Pacific province Corinne Brown her team a Canadian and I believe world junior champion very strong performances at the junior level this is very similar to what we're going to see with Mackenzie Zacharias first time uh, or sorry, excuse me, second time, I believe, coming into this event, but teams that are trying to make that transition from junior to the elite level play. And it, it can be tough. It takes some time, but I think this pool sets up really nice for them to get to the championship pool. And if they can squeeze out a game against Jennifer Jones or Chelsea Carey in that initial round robin, they go one-on-one against those two teams. We could look up on Friday night and they're in a great spot potentially for the playoffs. We could, yeah, yeah, we we could. I, I'm not really holding my breath, but uh, it, it's possible. The, so last year, uh, obviously they they made the championship pool, uh, ended up six and six because I believe they had a tiebreaker they had to win. Uh, 
one world junior appearance uh only went three and six in 2013 but uh mm-hmm. did win the canadians that year uh so a bit of a lineup change this year too sean uh ashley klimchuk was their lead last year uh had twins actually in hey. september so that's twice as, that makes you twice as happy twice as happy to have twins that's so i'm told <laughs> <laughs> uh, so their, their quote unquote new lead, uh, I use that in, in quotes is, uh, Samantha Fisher who uh, played f- for the team in juniors, uh, and was on that 2013 winning team. So I, I would say no real drop off, uh, there at lead, uh, for this, uh, Steph Jackson bears in at the fifth, uh, she was at the Scotties in 2014 with Kessa Van Osh, a very experienced player. Her mom, uh, is also a, a very well-respected coach uh, of curling. So uh, good pedigree. Uh, yeah, I think last year really helped this team, Sean. I, I, I They're sort of, for me, on the bubble of the, the championship pool. Uh, we'll get to why in a minute. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they can make some noise. If they do get into that championship pool, they'll give anyone a game. Uh, I don't think they'll necessarily win them all, but they'll be in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They open up with Quebec. They get a interesting draw. They're the team that doesn't play the first draw for the pool. So they don't mm-hmm. actually kick off until Saturday night in draw four. So a, a late start for them. Maybe that gives them a chance to sit back and watch a little bit and uh, maybe learn the ice. I don't think teams are allowed in the building when they're not playing, but get a chance to to watch the TV games, get a sense of what teams are saying about the ice before they have to go play on it. Mm-hmm. See if that maybe serves an advantage or if you get all cooped up for those 24 hours where other teams are already playing and you're just raring to get out there uh, and you're sort of stuck in the hotel. We'll see if that makes a difference to them uh, at all. I'd be curious to see what, uh, what if any impact that has on, on their game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It might, it might be advantageous, right? To, see what other teams are finding tricky about the ice and then you know in in your practice sessions work a little more on that but uh yeah it, it definitely it definitely something different this is something we haven't had to deal with you know these buys uh yeah. at, at the scotties in a while uh yep. you know we used to have them back in a 12 team field but uh yeah so not starting till a fourth draw uh, it'll be different for sure yeah and uh, as a result, they get two split days in the event as well. Tuesday, Thursday mm-hmm. uh, for them and are uh, split days. So, so an- another thing about this uh, team, Sean. So this is the only team whose home club didn't open this year. Uh, right. It's the, the Kamloops Curling Club. So, uh, yeah. So they're, they, they have affiliated with MacArthur Island Curling Club in Kamloops, uh, this year for for this year so you know uh, all the other teams had their clubs open were able to uh, go and throw some stones uh and this team had to switch you know to somewhere else so uh you know just an interesting tidbit i don't think it'll matter at all but probably not and i mean one of the teams in this field doesn't live within a thousand miles of their home club so (laughs) what does that really mean when you when you think about it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move on to by far the greatest team in the field or the most entertaining team in the field. Uh, Suzanne Burt out of PI. I mentioned her earlier. She won the provincial championship in a best of five series, swept it to get into this field. She was ninth on the CTRS points for last season, which would have gotten her a wild card spot. But uh, this year is in again as Prince Edward Island. Always fun, Scott, to see Suzanne Burt in this event because the one thing that we know about her is she is going to have rocks in play and there are going to be points in a Suzanne Burt game. Yeah, I mean, ice water running through her veins, right? She's not scared to draw against five on her last. Uh, We see rocks in play. We see it... uh, you know, she can, she can make those shots and she knows she can. Right. So, uh, she'll be in the mix for this uh, championship pool. I've got her on the cusp right now on my list. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a decision by the time we get to our picks. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to watch them play. Uh, Marie Christensen, the third Megan Hughes and, uh, Michelle McQuaid back to round out the team is the same team we saw. Uh, the last two years, uh, I believe at least, yeah, maybe yeah. even three. So, yeah, but really one fun. big addition. One big addition, Scott. Yeah, big addition. You say it, Sean. You say Kathy it. O'Rourke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kathy O'Rourke is going to be there. Uh, give her a mic, live mic through this uh, event as well. Uh, love Kathy O'Rourke. It'll be a lot of fun to see her out there. God, I hope she's the one who goes out during timeouts. I oh, mm. it'll be great. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It'll be uh it'll be fun to have her uh, have her around for sure. Yeah. Uh so Scott, just talking about the points and and what Suzanne Burt likes to do for her games. Uh you know, I'm convinced that she wants to break the record for most points at a Scotty's uh, in a single event. But if you just look at last year if we, as just an example. So, she gets into the championship pool at 5 and 2 and then loses her four games in the championship pool. And in the initial round robin, she scored 57 points in seven games. So about eight points a game, mm-hmm. roughly, just mm-hmm. under eight points a game. In the championship pool, she scored 19 points in four games, so about five a game. So a significant reduction in, in what she was able to do in terms of scoring points. So for her to be successful, it's, it's clear that how she wants to play and what she wants to do is to score points. And I do wonder if there's a book on that where teams are going to try to prevent her from doing that. Very difficult to do in the five rock rule at this point in, in where we are in curling. But I do wonder if teams will try to test her patience a little bit. And I know if I was playing against her and she had the hammer, I'm coming in and not putting up guards at all and making her try to play in the house as much as possible to prevent her from cracking those threes and fours that she is more than capable than doing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I I think that yes, that that would be the way to do it. But a team like Jennifer Jones, Sean, they're not going to do that. You know, they're going to play to their strength and that's, yeah. a Jennifer Jones, Suzanne Burt game could be 22 to 21. <laughs> I think that that should be a TV game. That'd be really fun. <laughs> yeah, I uh, totally agree. Uh, so they play each other on, what's that, Wednesday afternoon? Ooh. Or Thursday afternoon. It's an afternoon game. 
My, uh, I have a meeting Wednesday afternoons at one. I hope it's not uh, conflicting. That'd be bad. Manitoba PI Wednesday at, uh, oh, th- 3 30 p.m. 3.30 Eastern time. Get off that call. Throw on TSN. It's a beautiful thing. Heck yes. Now, Scott, uh, Suzanne Burt opens up her event against I, what I'm assuming is the other team that you think could make it through to the championship pool. Scott, it's her world. We're just living in it. It's Sherry Anderson. Three time uh, defending. I believe. I don't think that they, I don't know. They didn't have the event last year. So still three time defending Canadian senior champion playing out of Saskatchewan. We've seen her so many times at this event at various positions. She was, uh, she's been there as a skip, been there as a third, a bunch of times with Stephanie Lawton, Scott, uh, Sherry Anderson is just so much fun. She is going to play until a doctor says, that bone is sticking out of your knee. Uh, you cannot play anymore. And she'll say, tape it up. I got a time. I got to get out there. Uh, I just love, I just love Sherry Anderson uh, as somebody who just loves the sport. She is almost the embodiment of the Vic essay at the end of people who love the sport, just go play it. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very partial to all team Saskatchewan's, but particularly when it's Sherry Anderson. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, sort of a, a benefit, a beneficiary, I'll say, of uh, Robin Silvernagel's team breaking up. Uh, you yeah. know, they they probably wouldn't be here if if not for that. But uh, they'll, they'll be fun to watch. Nancy Martin is playing third. Uh, I think we've most recently seen her playing mixed doubles with uh, Terrell Griffith. And yes, first, first Scotties, actually, for Nancy Martin, which is hard to believe. Yeah, so that's pretty amazing that uh, she yeah. gets to do that. And uh, Brienne Knapp, uh, Nay Meekin, me, I never know how to say it. Uh, so her first full field appearance, she's been there as a, an alternate twice. Uh, she won a uh, Canadian junior with Caitlin Laws in, in 2009. So, uh, fun for her to get her first full field, uh, Scotty's appearance. And Sean, my favorite stat yeah. is Sherry Anderson has nine grandchildren do you think that is the most in the field? It's got to be, right? Yeah. I, I would I would even venture a guess that you could add up everyone else's grand <laughs> everyone else's grandchildren in the field and it wouldn't come to 9. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty great. Pretty uh pretty awesome for for Sherry Anderson to be back on our TVs. Yes, uh, last time in Penticton went 3 and 8 as the skip there. Uh, and Amber Holland is going to be there as the alternate, of course, winning the Scotties back in 2011, that great uh, Charlottetown Scotties uh, famed one out there. So it'll be nice to see Amber Holland back in the Scotties as the alternate there. So uh, let's move on, Scott, to a team coming out of Quebec, Laurie Saint-Georges, coming out of Quebec this year. This is a team we don't really know much about. Quebec had an interesting selection process this year. It was almost like a job interview where teams submitted their resumes and it, they were selected. And uh, Laurie St. George comes out of that. They get to make an appearance at the Scotty. Scott, you lived in Montreal. You have a bit of a beat on Quebec curling. What do you know about this team? So my favorite thing about this team, Sean, uh, is I went to their website. Uh, <laughs> and It's your favorite so thing I went, that they have a website? Hold on. Uh, so they've got a little profile of all of them uh-huh. and they each have a rock star nickname. 
which yes. I'm I'm all in on this. Absolutely. So uh, so Lori, the skip, uh, her rock star nickname is Smiley. <laughs> so look for her to be smiling out there, and and her hobby is dance. I like nice. I like these hobbies too. Uh, <laughs> third, Haley Armstrong. Uh, from from Ottawa, I believe. Did she did she play at the Rideau Club? Uh, I'm not sure. She's listed as living in Carlton Place, so that'd be a, a bit of a hike yeah. I, th- she I there. think I've seen her. I well, I think I've seen her around uh, Ottawa. Anyway, uh, okay. the curling club is not just in the city, yeah. but uh, uh, rock star nickname. Her rock star nickname is the Armor. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and her hobby, Sean, yeah. having a good time. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good my hobby, hobby too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emily Riley, next up, uh, rock star nickname is Eminem. Like um, the letter M, like, the ampersand, yeah. and the next letter M. So I'm yeah. assuming she likes Eminem candies. Yeah. Is that her hobby? Uh, her hobby Maybe. is music. Okay. Playing or listening, I'm not sure. And uh, then Cynthia Saint-Georges, uh, the, the lead, her rock star nickname, Cinnamon. <laughs> and I think it's because her hair is a little bit uh, reddish, like a cinnamon color. Okay. Uh, and her hobby is also dance, same as her sister. I, nice. I love this. Uh, I think that every player should have rock star nicknames in their bios. Curling Canada Challenge laid yeah i fully uh am in on that uh, on that idea so uh all these players have played in a, a junior championship a national junior championship oh right their their curling accomplishments are something i should have researched too uh <laughs> yeah so they've all played Haley armstrong went as the skip for team ontario and the rest uh went out of quebec in 2019 all playing mm-hmm. together so it's a uh, an interesting team to put together see how they they do in their debut a team that uh, similar to last year that we just don't know much about them and you know it's got if they're as much fun as uh, the team was last year i'm fine with whatever their record is yeah yeah uh go and have fun uh become you know the the team that's famous for having the most fun and uh you know, more Scotties should be in their future. Yeah. And there's an award for that. If you have the most fun. Yeah. Yeah, there is. So go win that award. Do your thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's move on to New Brunswick and the team coming out of New Brunswick this year. It's Melissa Adams is going to skip, making her second appearance at a Scotty's first time as a skip. Played with Sylvie Robichaud back in 2018 out in Penticton. It's even went five and three in the first year of this new format. I believe lost a tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken, to Ontario in that event. Uh, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Scott. Uh, yes. But you might know Melissa Adams as a junior world champion back in 1998. She probably won't like that we've said junior champion in 1998, but she won it. So, you know, good for her. Uh, three times. So uh, yeah. Three appearances at the Canadian junior, the one win. And of course the gold medal in 1998, uh, but nothing else since then. 
Uh, rest of the team, not a lot of experience at the national level. So a team, Scott, that we just don't really know what to expect out of Melissa Adams. Obviously has a lot of talent, has a pedigree in elite level curling, but we just, as I said, don't really know what to expect. Yeah, and, and so basically this team, except for uh, Jacqueline Tingley, who is the third, was Sylvie Robichaud's team from 20, uh, 2018. Uh, right. Sylvie, of course, left and went to play with Andrea Crawford this year, uh, which turns out to maybe maybe have been a, an oopsie. But uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure she was in on the decision to decline the spot. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, uh, they went in into the event there in Penticton and played pretty well. Uh, you know, uh, we like New Brunswick teams. We like, you know, watching Andrea Crawford play. Uh, yeah. I, I have a, I have a feeling like they'll be a bit more defensive this team, but uh, right. yeah, I, I don't expect them to make it uh, out of the preliminary pool. But you know, the, they could beat. I would say they probably could beat anybody on any given day. I just don't expect it. Yeah, I'm, you say we like New Brunswick teams. We like them a lot more when they're out of Oromukdo, of course. But uh, if, we, if we look at the the field here for them, they open and close. Uh, open with Newfoundland Labrador, close with Quebec. Uh, if you're looking at the games, they're going to need to win to be in the conversation of the championship pool. Certainly Newfoundland Labrador, Nunavut, Quebec. You're going to need those three. And then you're going to have to see if you can scratch something out against the rest of this field if, if you can catch suzanne burt on a day where you're 10 10 in the 11th end and her last one picks or something uh or something crazy happens which is always possible in those games or if sherry anderson uh has a tough week which is possible right she struggled the last time yep. she was there you know she's she's going to need some breaks to threaten to get into that championship pool but definitely a team that uh, if they're on the schedule and you're coming up against them don't overlook melissa adams by any means yeah, I'd, I'd say that's uh, that's probably the best we can say for this week. Yeah. All right, so let's move over, Scott, to girl number one. Lori Eddy from Two Girls in a Game. A very entertaining podcast in the world of curling. And Scott, the woman who, along with girl number two, Mary Chivers, who, as a side note, just sending our, our love to Mary Chivers, the recent death of her father, which is is why there was a coast for the past couple of weeks. So just uh, all positive vibes to Mary. I know the whole commu- curling community really uh, sent uh, a lot of support her way uh, and obviously a difficult time. Uh, but Scott, together, the Monday after this event, they're going to just crush all other curling podcasts in downloads <laughs> uh, as Lori comes out of the bubble and starts telling stories because that's what happened last year. Yeah. Oh, when you said uh, they're going to crush all of the curling podcasts, I thought they were going to, uh, you know, crush us for our picks and stuff. But no, in downloads, <laughs> I agree. Uh, they definitely will. And, you know, it's warranted. It's uh, going to be a pretty fun insider's look at what yeah. happened in the curling bubble. Uh, even hearing some of their uh, run up podcasts so far has been pretty interesting to hear, you know, what teams are expecting coming into the bubble. So uh, nice to have. Uh, you know, somebody, somebody in the biz going, uh, going to that curling bubble, Sean. Uh, of course I met, uh, Lori and Mary 
last year at the Briar, and it was uh, really, really fun uh, getting to spend some time with them. I think that what they can hope for is basically what happened last year, right? Yeah. Uh, look to knock off a giant, look to pay, play competitive games, play close. Uh, and I think they're going in with that kind of mindset. Uh, uh, what Lori said on the podcast was that they didn't, they didn't want to turn down the, the offer to have the Nunavut birth for fear that Nunavut wouldn't field the team. Right. So, you know, they, they're playing with house money, you know, being there, uh, they're not going to be able to have the kind of fun experience that they had last year, you know, going to the patch and, you know, hanging out with the fans being sort of the, the darling of the preliminary round. But, uh, that said, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll knock off, uh, you know, a Sherry Anderson early or, uh, I don't have their schedule up, but, uh, you know, they'll give Jennifer Jones a good game. And at the very least we'll get probably fun stories about Lori playing Jennifer Jones. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I, this team will be fun and hopefully we get to see them on our TVs. I would be surprised. So if their schedule is Chelsea Carey first up, then Sherry Anderson, uh, and then Newfoundland and Labrador. So if you're looking at where some wins might come from for them, you're looking at Quebec. They have a split day on uh, Tuesday, Quebec, New Brunswick. Uh, you could look there for a couple wins. They finish against Jennifer Jones and Manitoba. And yeah, if you're Jennifer Jones, be careful there. Because if you look at what they did last year, they were down 8-7 in the eighth end against Saskatchewan. They were tied with the hammer in the eighth end against Chelsea Carey on the Sunday morning last mm-hmm. year. They beat Krista McCarvel in Northern yeah. Ontario last year. They lost to, uh, t- uh, or excuse me, uh, when I said they uh, to Chelsea Carey. No, uh, I was wrong when I said that. My apologies. It was uh, Jennifer Jones who they lost to late last year. It was the game against Chelsea Carey. They lost in the tenth end on a steal. They were running out of time in that end too. That yes. Yeah. So it, it's just a, a very weird situation. They played Kerry Anderson. Sorry, so it's Kerry Anderson. Excuse me. I got to get this all right. There's too many Manitoba teams um, <laughs> to, to keep track of. Uh, they were tied with the hammer against Kerry Anderson last year in this event. Um, so played Anderson McCarville and uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Carey re- really tight. Uh, tight game against Andrea Crawford. Tight game against Robin Silvernagel, and got the win, of course, against uh, Quebec in that last draw. So best performance ever by a Nunavut team. And if you're not careful, they'll come up and bite you. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this is the kind of team that's fun to have from the, you know, the the non curling powers, a team that can give a good game, and you know, potentially if they're playing their best win uh, rather than have a team that just comes to, you know, get steamrolled. Right. Right. Uh, Is that your segue into Newfoundland? Yeah. Because that's not very uh, nice. That's your segue to Sarah Hill and the team out of the Remax Center in St. John's. This team is making, uh, or excuse me, Sarah Hill making her debut 
at the Scotty. She has skipped twice at the Canadian Juniors, a combined record of five and 13 in her two appearances there. She's playing the Canadian Mixed Championship as our Mixed Doubles Championship. Uh, as well. Excuse me, no, it's the Mixed. I was right the first time. Uh, championship. Uh, the most experience on this team is from the third, Beth Hamilton, making her fourth appearance at a Scotties. She played with Erica Curtis last year as the lead, moving up to third this year. The rest of the team making their debuts at this event. And Newfoundland and Labrador on the women's side has had a rough go of it the past few years, Scott. Do you expect that to continue in the bubble? I expect them to uh, not win any games. (laughs) Okay. Well, I guess that sort of sums that up bit of a downer well yeah well i mean it's it's like we've said before from uh the teams that are making their first appearances uh go and have fun and yeah you know maybe you'll learn something and if not uh you know keep the entire experience like experience the whole thing because you don't know when you'll come back if you'll ever come back so yeah uh, yeah have fun yeah. Hey, Scott, I'll tell you, though, if they beat Melissa Adams Saturday morning and then they beat Lorietti Sunday afternoon, TV game, PEI, Newfoundland, Labrador, Monday afternoon? Sure, Sean. You, you can yeah. uh, <laughs> you can at me if you're right about that uh, on Twitter. <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, I'm just saying the schedule breaks for them to potentially get off to a, a nice little start for that for the. There's a chance, sure. Yeah, so uh, so there you have it. Those are the nineteen, or excuse me, the eighteen teams, nine teams in the two pools that are heading to Calgary. So Scott, that's a lot to go through, but let's talk about what we expect to happen now. So the one thing I'm sure of is that Jennifer Jones will break the record. The other thing that I'm sure of is I'm going to watch a lot of this, uh, if not all of it, uh, every minute of it. Uh, but what I'm less sure about is who is going to make the playoffs. So, Scott, let's get to our picks segment and let's start with who gets into the championship pool. So let's start with pool A. Who you got getting through? Canada, Alberta, Ontario, and give me the Northwest Territories over those two wildcard teams. Okay. So I'm going to say the exact same thing other than I'm going to go with Mackenzie Zacharias to get through as, as wildcard too. And you're kicking out, uh, Carrie Galusha. I sadly am. Yeah. No, I don't want to, but I know Sean to. guest of the podcast, former guest of their podcast. Yeah, she's great. She was on with twine time this week. Uh, so you can check mm-hmm. that out. Uh, yeah. always, always a great storyteller. Scott pool B who you got. Uh, it's, Pretty much chalk for me here. Uh, Wildcard one, Manitoba, uh, BC, and Prince Edward Island. Yep, I totally agree uh, with that. So the most important part of this, let's get to the playoffs and then the eventual winner. So typically we would try to pick the four playoff teams, but there ain't four playoff teams. So Scott, who are your three playoff teams? Who you got to win? Sean, I got an all Manitoba playoffs. Shocker. Uh, Wildcard one, Canada and Manitoba. Wildcard one, Manitoba, Team Canada. 
Really? Okay, go. I'm 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 here with you. And uh, a wild card one is my champion, Chelsea Carey. Chelsea Carey to win. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I uh, am not going to pick that. Uh, I'm not going to pick an all Manitoba final or an all Manitoba playoffs. I think that Rachel Holman certainly is going to get into the playoffs here. Just too good to not be in the playoffs. I think uh, with a Scotty's record of 75 and 20, Scott, 75 and 20. I know it's, it's the, the pregnancy plus the new player that's causing me to lean away from Rachel Holman and I will probably be wrong. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to go Rachel Holman, Canada and yeah, I'm going to, Ooh, it's tough right between wildcard one and uh, Manitoba. Ooh, I'm going to lean with Jennifer Jones. Uh, Just go with Jennifer Jones. Give me, a Jones home and final, good old fashioned Jones home and final, uh, and give me Jennifer Jones to win this event this year. She won the last kind of weird Scotties during the Olympic year. Uh, this is a weird Scotties too. Give me Jennifer Jones here. Uh, and wow, get her her seventh, and she would become the only woman with seven yeah. Scotties titles. So uh, yeah. The Tom Brady you know, of Kirk. Uh, Jill Officer also has six. Oh, yeah, the Tom Brady. Good uh, good parallel. I like yeah, that. So she would be, Scott, if she makes it into the final, it would be her 10th final. Wow. Yeah, she's incredible. really good at curling. This is my takeaway from all of this, <laughs> is that Jennifer Jones is good at curling. Right on. Yeah, I, so I, uh, I'm right there yeah, with you, ahead. Sean. Yeah, uh, Jennifer um, Jones good at curling. Yeah, <laughs> if you Sean, take anything only... away from this from this hour and a half podcast, it's that Jennifer Jones is good. <laughs> yeah, it only took us an hour and a half, an hour thirty seven minutes to uh, get to a Jones home and final from Sean. <laughs> what a what a prognosticator this guy is. <laughs> That's the type of top level analysis that you come here for. <laughs> you only find that, that Rachel on the Holman game and stuff. Jennifer Jones are good. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I really wanted to, you know, pick Rachel Holman, but, but I, Chelsea carries magic with new teams and uh, their team's talented. I think this is the weird kind of situation, and uh, yeah. yeah, I, I can see it happening. And I would also like to, you know, have Curling Canada be confused about who to send to a possible yeah. world championship. Ah, we talked last week, an angsty summer curling Canada could happen and just throw some more angst on it. If you have that situation, I don't think it'd be actually be that angsty. Like Tracy Fleury is going to play uh, if they want. I, I think. Huh? Yeah. Huh. Well, so now we'll cross that bridge <laughs> when it, uh, when we come to it. Uh, so before exactly. we go, just want to say one other thing, Scott dynasty curling, which does the uniforms released the, the, the design this year. Oh my goodness. These might be the greatest Scotty's uniforms of all time. They look absolutely phenomenal. They are incredible. Like it's a retro design with some of the design elements that they've used in the past couple of years on the back. These things, and and I, I watched the 2001 Scotty's final this weekend. These are just night and day in 
in terms of how great they are. I I was floored when I saw them. They are remarkable. Yeah, uh, all credit to the design team over there. Uh, they do look awesome. Some of them, I think maybe it's the Manitoba one. If you zoom in on the 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 shirt, it gives the impression that it's like a sweater pattern. Yes, you know it's it looks. Well, they all they're all designed they're all designed like that. Oh man, it, it, they're great, yeah. and uh, you know, may just hop on the old Dynasty uh, site to order one of those bad boys for myself. Yeah, I've never wanted to buy a curling jersey, but these look really they they I, go look at them and you'll see them on the TV all week. Just absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, congratulations to Dynasty and only Beth Peterson is going to wear wildcard. Uh, they've come mm-hmm. up with alt Manitoba designs for the other two wildcard teams, which is great. Yeah. It, really great. Really great. Uh, uh, do you know why Sean? I tried to find why. And uh, actually our friend Megan texted me and said, what's going on? I'm confused. <laughs> my, my guess is that wildcard two and wildcard three just doesn't look good. And because you can make other cool designs of Manitoba and Manitoba imagery, just makes sense to do that. My guess. So there, there's Manitoba, there's Manitoba blue. Yeah. And Manitoba, one's yellow and one's brown. I believe so. Yeah. I, I want to say anyway. Uh, yeah. They look great. Okay. It's well, like- there you go, Megan. If you listened an hour and 40 minutes into this podcast, you've got your <laughs> kind of answer. Yeah, She's they. Gonna, uh, uh, <laughs> no, it'll be fine. So if you, yeah, if you look at it, uh, Jennifer Jones is is like the Manitoba, where it's the uh, the image of the, the is the buffalo that's shaped as Manitoba, and then Chelsea carries looks like it's another animal. Uh, excuse me, I'm not an animal expert. Uh, that that is on the back of it with a different design in brown, with yellow on the sides on the stripes on the side. Uh, I'm not doing them justice in trying to describe them, but uh, yeah, they have different animals on the back for the uh, Manitoba versions of it. Just uh, absolutely phenomenal design. Really cool stuff. Really cool stuff. Yeah. So there's that. I will also say that uh, for draw times, you're looking at 30, 1.30, 6.30 local. So that would be whatever it is at your time. That's in the mountain time zone. Every draw is going to be on TSN, ESPN3 for our friends in the United States. They are going to change the draw times when we get to the championship pool. It'll be an hour earlier in the afternoon. So you're looking at a 12.30 and 6.30 local once we get to championship pool play. And a bit of a change on Sunday as well. It's a half hour earlier in the morning and afternoon on Sunday. But uh, overall great consistency over the course of the week for what we can expect on the TV. So really excited for the, the Scotties out in Calgary. And as you said at this top, Scott, hopefully it goes off without a hitch. So Sean, you mentioned you watched the 2001 Scotties final yesterday. Do you want to uh, talk about that? Yeah. So I had the pleasure of joining rocks across the pond over the weekend. We talked about the 2001 Scott tournament of hearts final between Colleen Jones and Kelly Law. We talked about that game as part of their run it back series. Really a, a very interesting game in that it wasn't a good game, but a couple signature moments from there 
one of the most puzzling strategy decisions I've ever seen made at even like at any level uh, of curling, really just an absolute stunner that you see from Kelly Law in that game. And that is the third of Colleen Jones's Scott Tournament of Hearts championships on route two or three. That's the first of the four Pete for that great Nova Scotia team. So a lot of fun talking with Jonathan and Ryan about that game. So check it out over on their feed. It is available and uh, a lot of fun talking with those guys. So I appreciate them having me on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, to listening to that one, Sean. I was going to watch the the game myself and then uh, give your pod a listen. Should be good. Yes. Yeah, so the game's available online. And uh, it's interesting. It's right after Sandra Schmerler dies and that the sort of the, the weight of that you can feel it on the event as a whole and they do a really great thing in the fifth end break a profile of the schmirler team as they were looking to qualify for the olympic trials in 2001 they brought in shannon Clybrink for for that run really powerful stuff there so yeah i, I encourage you to check out the game and certainly check out that podcast so uh, Scott, you were not there, as I say on that podcast, because you were driving around in circles because you couldn't be in your house anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, you, you pretty much got it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there you go. For the Scotties this year, Scott, what we're going to do is every day after the afternoon draw, so starting on Saturday, after the afternoon draw, we're going to do a virtual pod stacking type of a thing where we'll go live after the TSN feed goes out and we invite you to come join us. We will tweet out the link and post the links on our other feeds and just come hang out. If you have a question for us, if you want to talk about the games, uh, you'll be live on the internet with us, but that's cool. Just come hang out uh, with us on the Facebook live. That's the plan to do it every day after the afternoon draw. Talk about what's going on in the event. If you have other questions about the sport, certainly always happy to talk about everything going on in the world of curling. So, Scott, that is our plan for Scotty's coverage because we're not going to do daily episodes on this feed because it'll be a little too late here in the Eastern time zone. Yeah, and... I mean, I, I think uh, it'll be really fun to interact with the with the listeners a little bit. And uh, if you're a little bit shy about being on camera, that's not a problem. You can uh, write a question in the chat as well, uh, and Sean and I can talk about it. So, uh, yeah, it should uh, it should be a lot of fun, something a little different. And yeah. uh, looking forward we'll to it. it. You know, hang out for half an hour, forty five minutes uh, in that range. There, we're not going to be on for for two hours, but uh, no. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, and we'll invite some of the other pod people on and, and some other curling folks on if they want to join us. But the idea is just hang out, talk about everything going on because uh, for the last 11 months, we haven't actually been able to talk about games. So now we can. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do it. Yeah, we want to sort of uh, make it feel like we're in the club watching, you know, after watching a game. Absolutely. So, uh, so keep an eye out for all that stuff. That'll start on Saturday evening. So there you have it. If you want to join, be part of all that stuff, do follow along on all of our social channels on Twitter, Instagram, at Game of Stones Pod, Game of Stones Podcast. You can find us on the Facebook with the page there. That's where all these uh, shows, these broadcasts are going to be coming from. So do check that out. And of course, do subscribe to this feed. We will have some stuff during the Scotties during the over the course of the week. We will release 
some stuff on this feed as well. So do subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast, do the likes, ratings, all that other good stuff to keep us going, grow the show and let us know what you want to hear. Reach out Game of Stones podcast at gmail.com and head on over to gamestonespod.com. All of our past episodes are there, plus the links to the merch with the t-shirts where we are supporting Food Banks Canada through the sale of those. And we have the Canadian Olympic trial qualifier explainer up there as well. So check on all that stuff over at gamestonespod.com. So Scott, that's it for our Game of Stones podcast, Fergus Curling Club, Scotty's Mega Preview, presented by Canada 3000 and Zellers, where the lowest price is the law. Whew. Yeah, I'm tired. That was a that was a long one. Let's go to, let's yeah. go to bed. Time for bed, right? <laughs> well, no, it's early. Come on. I'm all fired up. There's curling coming on. Yeah. All right. I'll drink yeah. a beer. And, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So thanks, everybody. Enjoy the curling. We'll be with you every step of the way. And we'll see you again on Saturday once this thing gets going. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.